0: Good. I just too.
1: In fact we're live right now.
0: Okay, Welcome everybody that.
1: to the Chirotoga podcast. I am back. I missed you guys. I'm back with Dan Di Federici and Adam Israel. Welcome. We have a lot to talk about in today's podcast and you guys I'm going to skip our usual kind of chit chat as much as I love our chit chat and kind of dive right in. Um, I wanted to start off by saying first of all this is our one-year anniversary. We have streamed like countless hours over the last year of this podcast and I just wanted to say how amazing it's been for me to work with you both and create a space where we can share you know information about what's happening in our city that isn't always covered in local media and try to fill in that gap and also have a space where we can disagree and have great debate so yay for one year anniversary now let's get into this week yeah, real,
2: real um, quick. I just let's let's throw in everybody who, who's watched the show and who's given us feedback and who's yes, you know, who's disagreed with us and who's agreed with us, and that's that's the point of the show is to is to be able to discuss and in in, in 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 without without kind of divulging into name calling and threats and
1: absolutely the which is actually why I wanted but, to apologize for not being on last week because yeah. um you guys had Mayor Kim on and it's, I'm totally embarrassed to say this but especially because of what was going on with the homeless and spa Catholic, that's a really sensitive issue for me. And I I could not come on because I was not certain that I could come on and be professional and civil and, you know, have the kind of respectful dialogue and back and forth that we have on this podcast. And so I bowed out and I'm kind of embarrassed that I was not mature enough in that moment to come on and be able to have those conversations. But, um, so I apologize. You guys that I wasn't here, but, uh, hopefully moving forward I'll be able to pull myself together and um, and have the tough conversations with people that you know are potentially uh, you know making me very upset with how they're handling certain issues so I apologize for that but um, let's talk about this week's city council meeting because I was there um, I wasn't planning on going I told my husband I was like I'll be back in about 15 minutes I just want to hear some of the kind of public comment about the homeless issue and the code blue issue. I came back about an hour and a half later and he said, like, what happened? And I said, I thought that it w- we were going to have like a riot, essentially, on our hands because things devolve so dramatically and so emotionally. And um, I know both of you watched, um, but essentially what happened was that there was, a, there was a discussion on homelessness on the mayor's agenda and everyone has heard about this kind of controversy about the homeless shelter that was supposed to go to the senior center location and the um, pushback from spot Catholic, et cetera, et cetera. So on Tuesday night, there were a lot of people at the city council meeting who came to speak up, um, really largely all of them in on, on behalf of uh, Shelters of Saratoga. Well, I, I, I,
2: well, well we don't, we well, don't having, know.
1: Because, they spoke up in favor of uh, people who are unhoused and the need for a homeless shelter, and, um, I mean, really, virtually every comment was uh, in favor. Yeah, but we, ne- like, we
2: never
0: got to the end of public comments, so right. I don't think that we that's correct,
1: that's correct, but yeah. we, there, so, were two there were There were a number, groups. if I
0: could just quickly—there yeah, there were a number of people in line that talked to me that were of the parents' group or right. somehow so, associated with the parents' group from Spa Catholic as well. They
3: just were cut just, off.
1: Let me just finish this out for a sec, which is that there were two people who spoke up in, you know, the first maybe 45 minutes um, on behalf of the Spock Catholic parents and and their opposition. And both people got seriously heckled. And one gentleman was talking about an experience he had where he was at a gas station. Someone approached him who was a panhandler. uh, That person subsequently stabbed him. And that person was also staying at a no-barrier shelter and was someone whose background had not been checked and had multiple convictions, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it, in any other context, it would have been a really heart-wrenching story. And, and there was a lot, of, a lot about it that, w- that was very like emotional. But the way it landed was essentially that he was trying to equate anyone who goes to a low-barrier shelter as a criminal. Absolutely. No, no, he was trying it, to say that. that well, no, I'm not that, saying he was trying to say that. I'm saying that's how it landed with. The yeah, group well,
2: that, no, yeah. I I think it landed as as, as you know the, the the issue is that our homeless population or any homeless population it has a higher uh, a higher percentage of substance abuse of mental disorders of mm-hmm. antisocial behavior and these these you know these can tend to lead to unsafe conditions. So. I don't think I don't think just dismissing you know of, of no, no. having concerns about the homeless shelter as saying all homeless people are criminals it's right. it, it's it's a numbers game
1: i'm trying to i'm trying to say that i'm trying to explain kind of the what was happening in the room as a response and not that it was right or wrong but it was very hostile essentially to anyone who was going to come speak up um, in opposition of this shelter moving to the senior center and having a no barrier shelter there It just, the majority of the room was, was uh, very vocal about, you know, the opposite. And so the two people that spoke um, against having Code Blue at uh, the senior center really got heckled and got a lot of shit, especially from the Saratoga BLM folks who were there. And so I know that had I been there um, and I was a spa Catholic parent, or I was also there to speak out in opposition in some way, shape or form, it would have been really intimidating. And I likely would have just been like, I'm not doing this because it was going to be met with, you were going to get hell from um, a large group of people that were there in a way that was intimidating and and fairly nasty. And I think that we could all probably agree that no one should be heckled at public comment, no matter what they're saying. Um, It's an intimidating situation to begin with, but people should be able to express their opinions. And whether it's favorable or unfavorable to the other people in the city council meeting, you just can't heckle, right? Like we just shouldn't, do that we should show people enough respect yeah. so they can go up speak their peace and not uh be cursed at shouted at etc
0: agreed yeah and i'm getting ahead <laughs> of myself here and i know we'll get to this but also talk so long that you're taking up other people who are behind you a chance to speak as well as ending the whole meeting so you don't even get a chance to speak um that that that, that bothered me as well and uh, you know i, I had friends whether they're my friends or not, whether they agreed with me or not, they were behind her and they didn't get a chance to speak.
1: So but the her you're referring to is essentially what happened was that it turned from public comments that were generally speaking, you know, everyone stayed within the two minute uh, limit, which is what uh, the limit is for a public comment at one of these meetings. Generally speaking, people stayed within that limit and were somewhat responsive to Mayor Kim saying, OK, you you know, your time is up, etc." Chandler Hickenbottom from Saratoga BLM came up to make a public comment. And um, I actually have a clip of that, this kind of moment and how it started that I want to play. And then let's uh, continue to talk about it. Here we go. Um, yeah, let's go back to Jason. Let's go back to every single person on this city council. You do absolutely nothing. You don't show up for your black community. You don't show up to the Black Lives Matter events. Why don't you sit down? I don't need to. Show your racism, baby girl. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. No, I don't need to. Who the fuck are you? I don't listen to MASA at all. I don't listen to MASA at all. Because you out here showing your right supremacy.
3: OK.
2: I'm going to entertain. I, I, I'm going to move to adjourn. Is there a second?
1: At the end of the No, nope, i I'm not going All anywhere. All
4: in
0: favor?
1: Okay. So what you just my, saw—my blood was, pressure
0: rose for a second time this week.
1: Just watching it. When I was there, my Apple Watch kept notifying me that my heart rate was too high, because I was—it was—it was, it was, it was really—it was really intense. And so basically, what you just saw was Chandler Hickenbottom came up, and she kind of turned the subject from the homeless and blue and. Uh, Turned it into a criticism of the current council and the promises they had made while they were campaigning, the promises they made to Saratoga BLM as to what they would do when they were in office. And her assertion was that they had not followed through on any of those promises and that they had really just used Saratoga BLM for support and to get elected and then essentially ignored them since they've been in office. And to be honest with you, I I think she has, I think there's a lot of validity to that statement. Um, But she, When her two minutes was up, she did not give uh, flying, you know what? And she was like, I'm going to speak as long as I want to speak. And at some point, probably six, seven, eight minutes into her public comment, there was a group of people on the left side of the room that started screaming like, shut up, sit down. And that's when you know she, that's what you just saw. She turned to them and started getting into it with them. And I I probably should have warned people that there was going to be some profane language. So warning, there's going to be profane language throughout this podcast today. Um, And And, and none of it
0: will come from Robin.
1: (laughs) Hopefully none of it will come from me. I'm usually the source of that, but um, there there was a lot of profanity in some of these comments. And so um, after that confrontation that you just saw started, Mayor Kim tries to adjourn the meeting. The city council kind of starts getting up. The room turned into just total chaos. Everyone was shouting at everybody. Um, and at one point, Officer Barrett, who is typically the police officer who's assigned to city council meetings, walked in. And I, I will say he walked in with his arms crossed. He walked in very slowly. And that triggered um, a, a very emotional and angry response from some of the other members of BLM saying that, you know, they, it was traumatizing just to see him there, um, that he shouldn't be walking up on Chandler and there were screams to, you know, get him the hell out of there. And so Mayor Kim did ask him to leave. Um, and uh, this is kind of when things, you know, it was, this, was the beginning of the, the point of no return. Um, and they were very critical of the city council in particular, uh, Commissioner Jason Golub, who is the first black city council member we have ever had. And they were very critical of uh, Commissioner Songby and um, apparently uh, saw a song that she sang at an event of theirs. Um, they, you know, accused the whole council of only going to events that were about pride or about women, but not coming to BLM events. And I'm just kind of curious about, you know, what do you guys also think that there were a lot of promises made here to BLM when this when they uh, these the, the folks were campaigning um, that they didn't follow through on because that is what kind of what i believe but i'm curious uh what your perspective is
0: um adam if you don't mind i'll jump in and just you know watching it online like i did you just don't it's the first meeting i said geez i needed to be there because you get that narrow view plus it got cut off at one point uh uh, purposely um so you lose everything you lose room before i answer you robin did you were you and i think i know the answer i think you sort of said this were you expecting this to break out into a physical altercation
1: Um, So at one point I went to leave. And when I was leaving, I like walked out the door and there were five or six police officers that were coming in. And I kind of panicked because I just knew that the sight of a group of police officers walking in was going to be like the, the final straw in terms of like, you know, fueling the fire. And had they come in, in a way that was aggressive or even just, just walked in in general. That was when I was worried that things were potentially going to get go beyond words and just fighting and, and get physical and that there was actually a danger there for people's safety. Um, and, but that group of officers essentially came in very quietly and then, and then left, um, later on, I, I was told by by one of the police officers that they wanted to bring up some of the new recruits so they could observe what can happen at some of these council meetings and then talk to them about how they handle it um, and how they handle it within the department. So I don't believe they were brought in to um, restore order. The mayor certainly did not ask for them to come and clear the room or arrest anyone. Um, but I think they were there to, you know, witness how some of these meetings can can devolve, and how the council and the mayor can sometimes lose control, and things can get very heated. And you know, how do we handle that? How how do they handle that as a police department? How do they handle a response or a request from the mayor um, to come in or leave or whatnot? But um, they did they did leave, so there was no police presence in there, and that in this particular situation that did take the temperature down enough so that i i wasn't concerned that the yelling and screaming was going to become anything more than just yelling and screaming
2: Hmm. let me let me go back to, to your question robin about about um the the city the current city council and their kind of uh complex relationship with blm yeah you know we saw it because you and i were involved in, in that campaign season um certainly blm they you know ran and, and and you know it's kind of side by side with the democrats when we you know when we went to the democratic convention to shake the uh um, the winner's hands uh they were there you, you know all the these members who, who were at the city council meeting um yesterday or two days ago but and and i think i think i've said this and i think we've talked about this since the beginning is that th- there's there's going to be one of two things happening. It's going to be either the city council is going to fall out of favor with the city or the BLM group because the BLM group's demands and and, and what they want to see done are just not reasonable. I mean, they literally well, call to abolish the police.
1: So, so, so to, to that point real quick, Adam, they have really consolidated their message over the last two plus years. And their message now is, a complete abolishment of the police. That is their solution. That is what they they want to see happen and what they articulated at the council meeting and also at their um, the protest and kind of vigil they had for Tyree Nichols last week. So I just wanted to clarify that point. Right, yeah,
2: exactly. And so how, I mean, how would that, I think any reasonable person could think that's that's insane, right? And, it's and police have sensitivity and de-escalation training, absolutely. You know, this, these are these are you know what we saw yesterday, and, and and you saw this in the in the shouts to Commissioner Golub, you know, who is a black man about him not standing up for BLM causes, or you know, th- accusing the city council members of putting you know um, uh, men and women of color on on, on in, in positions that don't represent necessarily Saratoga BLM. The problem is they've kind of hijacked this message. That's that. That's a very pertinent message right now. I mean, everybody saw what happened to Tyreek Nichols and was sickened, right? So, so the, the absolutely the, the, we need to work towards meaningful police reform. But meaningful police reform is not abolishing the police. It's not yelling and screaming at city council meetings and heckling people, you know, uh, private citizens, and intimidating them with cameras and 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 you know, it's. So, so they've, they've hijacked the, the cause and now it's so extreme that, that, you, you know, you really need, this is a democracy, you need consensus for change. And they're not, that we're, you know, we're talking about things that, that are never going to happen and are a waste of time, like abolishing the police, as opposed to talking of things that, that are meaningful of, of, you know, you know what, what can our police force, you know, what training can they do that, um, what, what, you know, what, can we enhance in our police force that'll that'll prevent you, you know this storm, this type of, of of incident happening and have a you know a more uh, uh, positive relationship with the, with the residents and the police? Which I will say, our police are fantastic, but there are I, I will say too, there's been there's been moments that 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 I've questioned and I think other people question that our police have actions they've taken. So. So it's 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 a conversation that's that's been hijacked, and we're not having now because of it.
1: Well, that. I, I will say though that I I do think there's room for all kinds of protest, and I I do think there's uh a, a, do think there's legitimacy to how people want to express their anger, and this is one way. I don't think this is the most effective way at all. Um, but Jason Commissioner Golub spoke to this and. Dan, I really want to get your opinion, but perhaps we should play this clip of uh, Commissioner Golov speaking to exactly this issue, um, yeah. because what they were saying to him was that, you know, he, is, he has not represented the black population in his position on the city council, um, and essentially he, he wasn't black enough for them. Um, and so here, here is his response to uh, what Chandler uh, was saying.
3: Hold on. With a hoodie on. And that's where I am, and that's what I'm dealing with, and that's what I think about. So every single,
1: I'm sorry, I'm pausing that for a second. Um, the Saratoga BLM asked every one of the council members what their response was to the murder of Tyree Nichols, and so this was uh, Commissioner Golub speaking, um, telling them what what his what his response was. So I'm gonna start that over.
2: Yeah, they, they essentially accused Commissioner Golub of not I showing up, not screaming.
3: I didn't turn on the TV, I didn't watch the video, and I never will. When that happens, every time it happens, I have a 10-year-old daughter I have to explain to it. That's where I am, Chandler. I have a four-year-old boy who one day is going to walk down the street and be a, be a big old boy with a hoodie on, and that's where I am, and that's what I'm dealing with, and that's what I think about. Every single time this happens, that's where I am all the time. So I get what you're saying. I get it viscerally. Being a black man doesn't mean you go to the parades. It doesn't mean you go to the BLM events. I'm black whether I follow you or not when I walk down the street. When I go to another town and I wear a hoodie and I drive and I get pulled over, I'm just as black as you are. I may come at it from a different place. I may do different things, but I advocate and I work for change. It may not be the same way you do, but that's okay. It's like running the same play in football. You don't want everyone running the same damn play. You run a play and I run a play. It doesn't mean we're not working in the same direction. Doesn't mean I don't fight for a CRB and spend a year writing those fifty points you're sitting here screaming about. And I was involved with that as well. Right. No. No, I'm not screaming your way. I'm not screaming your way. Chandler. At the end of the day, you should be looking at every single one of them and telling them how our you work and the community work for these 50 coins. Right. So it was not
1: So I'm gonna pause it for a minute. Um, you get the gist. The, this goes on for some time, but was I this
0: after the feed was cut? Because I didn't uh, catch this part last. So week.
1: I don't know when the feed was cut because I was there in person. They,
2: so they cut they, they adjourned once, cut yes. the feed, and then came back maybe 20 minutes later, and then had to adjourn again for good. But that's that. So so there was a pause in, in, during the adjournment.
1: Um. Right. So again, I like couldn't tell what what was being you know, live fed and what wasn't because I was standing there. But, um, I personally thought that commissioner Golub, the way they attacked him was really hurtful and unfair to him. And I thought the way he described how he shows up and how he supports this cause, um, was incredibly, it was, I found it to be very moving. Um, and I thought it, I thought it really encapsulates, uh, the, the problem that we have in our country with a lot of controversial issues that need to be addressed and why they're not addressed effectively, because there becomes this idea of, well, you can only be angry in this way. You can only create change in this way. And if you're trying to do it a different way, well, you're not helping. And so you you splinter all these people that should be together working towards uh, making change and thus change doesn't happen. Um, but curious what your thoughts are, guys.
0: Yeah, I'll jump in there. Um, first of all, I totally agree with you. I, I didn't hear this before until just now, uh, by Commissioner Gold. Wow, that was a, a eloquent, so well done. Made me understand. And in a night of chaos, that was a a moment of of great clarity. So mm-hmm. I commend him for that, and good for you for Robin for bringing this forward. with This uh, real quick, and I'm not going to dwell on this because I want to make get to a point. You know, I was appalled by what happened and what was said, especially. And I got to point this out. The continued accusation of the of the police department being murderers—that they're going to murder me, they're going to murder you—and and they murdered Daryl Mount—I I am really, really bothered by that because there is just that is so wrong, that is so incorrect, that is so without any evidence. But I'm not going to dwell on that. Let me make a point that uh, some people may be surprised with. There, and it goes to your question earlier, Robin. Their uh, their complaints on the civilian review board. Um, They got a point.
1: What what is taking
0: it so long? I I don't know if I agree with having a civilian review board, but it was established. It was established. What is taking it so long?
1: Well, and I thought was one of the most, the nastiest comments, and I can't remember who said it, was that there was a serious criticism of the three people who have been appointed to the CRB, including the chairperson, Kristen Dart, and that Kristen Dart was an example of tokenism, and that she was appointed simply because she'll just go along with whatever this administration wants and not really fight the fight. And I, I know Kristen really well, and that I was so offended by that statement because Kristen Dart is, is someone who knows how to work within the system of government and ha- knows how to work with it, with these different agencies and, and get her mission accomplished. But she is not going to roll over for, for anybody. And, and she's going to fight as damn hard as she needs to fight to get it done. But she's going to do so, I think, in a way that's very skillful and effective. And that's what I saw from her when she was on the police collaborative, And so I thought that criticism was was really unwarranted um, because I think she is an amazing choice to chair the CRB. And the fact that she's agreed to take that on speaks volumes about how much she cares about this community and how much she cares about this issue, especially when she was on the police collaborative with Jason Golub and and so many others who served, you know, for months and put so much time and energy into coming up with these fifty points and this reform plan that was that has not been implemented. And and I want to get to that because I'm, a, you know, I was a large part of that, and I want to explain kind of what was happening when we were leaving office and why more things weren't implemented when we were there. But um, I was I was really shocked at that criticism of her in particular. But but you're right, Jim. Jim Nino had the CRB, his CRB proposal um, passed in a resolution back in May, May, right? Now it's February. After he passed it, I assumed, and I think most people assumed, that he was then working behind the scenes to come up with how it would work, the policies, the procedures, how it would run, all the work that needs to be done to figure out how it's actually going to function in real life. And it turns out he was not doing any of that. And so then he asked, first, it was like, you could apply to be on the CRB. I don't know what happened to those applications. Then in September, he asked the city council to appoint somebody, like each one of them to appoint someone to the CRB. It took them a really long time to make appointments. They've only announced, I think, like I said, two or three. Um, They were supposed to announce more appointments last night but the people they appoint are then tasked with coming up with all the policies and procedures and how this runs, which is like a huge ask, a huge ask. Um, and so it, it really is bullshit that that Commissioner Montanino hasn't gotten further with it. More uh, than I, him
0: though, Robin, more than him. The city council owns The city this. council. The extent that it's a failure, yeah. they, all five of them own this.
1: And I have to also point out that uh, because this was part of the 50 point plan that I voted for back in March of 2021, uh, Commissioner, now Commissioner Golub and I worked at the time to put together um, a proposal for a CRB in uh, October and November of 2022, 2021. And, um, and basically, the city council that I was on was critical of it. Saratoga Bielan was critical of it. And so the consensus of the council and the public was that we should just, te- we should just knock it uh, back to the, the incoming administration and let them handle it. But there have been, I mean, we, made, we put a lot of effort into trying to push that issue forward and, and put together a CRB that would be functional for the community. You know, that was, that was trashed. Montaninos tried to do it again. And, and I think their complaints about it are totally, totally valid in terms of how long it's taken um, to get any for, forward progress there. Yeah. And, and, and
2: that's, that's the problem is that, that, you know, conversations like this, are lost in the abolish of the police. The police yeah, are racist exactly, killers right. in Saratoga, you know, because these are the conversations that the city should be having of, of, of where's our where's our police force. And let me let me ask you guys a question on this: Is that is that Saratoga BLM, um, Robin, especially during your you, you know, and, and I don't know how much pop, I, I would guess politics played a lot in this. They were they were kind of they were broadly supported by by the city, um, do, do, you know. Last night, going against uh, you know Democrats essentially, um, and and some very progressive ones, like we talked about, they went after Manita for a song she sang, um, and it, 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 or Commissioner uh, uh, um is is, is do, do you think this is going to be the the kind of the straw that breaks the back of the community support? Within Saratoga, do you think do you think people are going to start to say, "Well, you know, this is not this is not a meaningful uh, resolution to our issues or a path to a- resolving our issues"?
1: So, so my frustration with uh, Els and Saratoga BLM um, was really wrapped up in the fact that I asked them so many so many times; it's almost embarrassing to come sit down with me to meet to have a conversation so we could so I could understand. What they wanted to see happen in terms of actionable next steps in our community and our police department, and and try to put together, you know, put pen to paper and make some change that spoke to their concerns. And every step of the way, I was turned down. They they simply would not sit down with me. And I have all the texts and everything, you know, to to support what I'm saying right now.
2: Yeah, that that happened with with Commissioner Madigan. She you know she yeah. proposed thirty thousand yeah. dollars for. Or mediation
1: yeah um, so again
2: that was that was kind of disregarded
1: exactly and so then to hear that this city council that they campaigned for and supported for and you know or made promises to and back and forth that commissioner montanino has not met with them that mayor kim has not met with them and they they won't meet with them was shocking to me because i'm like how like it's just how i just
2: well, they push back, and, and I'm curious on that, and, and I don't know that any of us will know the true answer, but but Commissioner Montagnino and Mayor Kim push back that, yes, they have met with them. They
1: have offered to meet with them.
2: So I wonder how much validity is in those accusations.
1: It, it's, it sounds to me like... Maybe they met with them one time to kind of pacify them in the beginning. That's that was kind of my impression, but they were not willing to continue to engage in any substantive conversation with Saratoga BLM. And I do think that speaks largely to the fact that they got elected. and as politicians do, they didn't fall through with their promises because they were they were elected now, and they really didn't need the support of Saratoga BLM and uh, because they were they were in office. And I think that's really shitty. whether I agree with what their promises they made were or not, you shouldn't lie when you're campaigning and you shouldn't, you know, lie to the people who are supporting you and not follow through on your campaign promises. Yeah. That's
2: just- I, don't, I, I don't know that, that's what I'm saying. I don't yeah. know that we know, if, again, going on what you said, I don't know that we know that they've, they've not met with them, you know, and, and, and I, maybe they, maybe they've extended, uh, you know, invitation. It's not, it's not within, you know, the, 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 them to kind of the, the, the BLM movement to kind of bend the, bend the truth to fit their narrative at, at the moment.
1: I think that if they'd had any kind of meaningful or ongoing conversation, it would have been clear last night through their dialogue. Um, yeah. I know commissioner Golub, I know when he was running for election this past fall, I was, you know, involved in his campaign, and and um, BLM was at virtually every single one of his campaign events, and so I know that they have, you know, his contact information that they could contact him, that they could sit down with him, and I don't think they've uh, made an effort really to do so. But um, with the mayor and the commissioner of public safety, um, it does seem like they have not had the at least any kind of real. Significant channel of conversation or communication going there. Um, that's at least how it appears.
0: But, but can I jump in here uh, to answer your, one of your earlier questions? You said, you know, are, are the are the is the community going to lose uh, the connection with oh, them? Yeah. The city council and Jim Montanito is the only one that seemed to do it la- 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 uh, Tuesday night. Said, I- I'm not going to meet with you if you just agreed to something and five minutes later you 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 upended it because they were supposed to let the let the meeting keep going. So I give him some credit that he, he was demanding some sort of uh, uh, tr- truth to their words. That uh, you know, it, we're, we're not going to get along if you're going to continue acting this way. I guess is it, and I think the city council has to establish some firmness here uh, on this. And again, uh, that doesn't mean turn your backs on them. That doesn't mean don't listen to them, but don't get beat up.
1: But to, to your point, Adam, I think they what they did on Tuesday was was really push away any kind of remaining support they might have had by, by going after people like Commissioner Gola, by going after people like Commissioner Songvi, They really, by going after people like Kristen Dart, I mean, they're really pushing away as many people as possible. And, um, and so I think they've really by and large lost a lot of support. And it's really just uh, because they haven't demonstrated that they're a group that you can work with productively to create legislative change which is what i think generally broadly speaking is what they're asking for but you know when year after year and protest after protest and press conference after press conference you're passionately talking about no justice no peace you know abolish the police and and kind of these big general statements what does that mean in real life in Saratoga springs what what are your actionable next steps here to to try to accomplish your goals and I'm not sure I'm not sure they know what those are, to be honest with you. I'm not sure they know what those next steps are.
2: Yeah, yeah. So so that so let's let's go back to last night, right? So essentially all the the, the yelling, the 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 not stepping down from the microphone, essentially it halted city business, right? Yep. The, 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 the meeting was canceled. It's supposed to it's supposed to resume again tonight. It's fun. Um, it was shocking, it, it, by
1: the way, that the meeting was canceled like that. I don't think that's ever happened ever.
2: Yeah. Um, so so the, the, I guess, you know, so my question is, though, and and, and this happened, this happened, Robin, when when, when you were at the city council, is that when when it, this scenario, I'm curious on how the city should handle this. Right. Because because essentially yeah. we can't let our city council be taking hostage and, 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 and city business only conducted when when it's it's, you know, people aren't screaming and yelling. So the question is, yeah. what, what, what should the city council do? I mean, what?
1: I'll tell you what I think they should have done on Tuesday night. They should have, when things started getting out of control, they should have had a recess and cleared the room. No, everyone should, been, should have been asked to leave. They could all go and watch the live feed at home, but they should have said, We have had public comment now go on for an incredibly long time. People have had an opportunity to speak their piece. We now need to get on to city business. And we can't do that with people here interrupting, refu- you know, essentially filibustering a public comment period, and so everyone would, I would, have, I would have cleared the room.
2: I so wonder if that's legal though, right under you know is, open meeting laws. Can you, can you, can it you hold?
1: It absolutely is legal, as far as as far as I know, because the, again, the meeting is being live streamed. Um, the public comment period was well far beyond fifteen minutes, and so I I don't think there would have been any illegality there at all. But Dan. Maybe.
0: Even if in six months uh, the committee on open government <laughs> wrote a scathing thing, and they, it wouldn't be scathing, it, it wouldn't be a flagrant violation, would it? There'd be a reason—public safety, for one—to to, and the city work has to get done. So if they were wrong, if they did that, went ahead, and they, you know, again, six it, months later, some uh, bureaucracy said they were wrong. Will be it illegal to disrupt um, a
1: government proceeding? Is it not?
0: I'm, I'm sorry. What's that?
1: It is it not illegal to disrupt a government proceeding?
0: Oh yeah. Oh, at, at least to. to some extent, you could say it's, you know, under the penal law, you could say it's obstructing governmental administration, maybe disorderly conduct. Right. Not that. Uh, and some think- are advocating arrest last uh, Tuesday night. No, that's
1: you know, not. I, I, I think they
0: would have hoped. That would have happened. That would have added to their cause. I'm glad there were no arrests. I, I, don't, I been... didn't think there
1: was any cause to arrest anyone. I think that would have been totally inappropriate. Yeah, but the, yeah.
0: the whole capital district is watching this. Paul Vandenberg on 1300. Uh, the, the the newspapers are over. The whole capital district is watching Saratoga right now because of the politics going on up here uh, the, well, in the past few weeks.
1: And the problem uh, that Mayor Kim has, that I think the rest of the City Council really picked up on, was that when people are speaking in public comment and it's a comment that he likes or that's favorable towards him or it's a person that he likes he allows them to go over that 2 minute mark and he's much more lenient about it when it's a comment that's not in favor of him or it's someone like me speaking who he just really doesn't like the second that 2 minute mark hits and i keep going i can hear him saying cut her mic somebody cut her mic you know he really tries much more aggressively to shut those people down and 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 when people start picking up on that You've lost if you're not consistent about following the rules, then you've lost control. And you know, the audience and the people on Tuesday night picked up on that. He mm-hmm. he he had zero control over that meeting from the get-go. I mean, his pleas to kind of stop and pause or can we Let adjourn the off. meeting mm-hmm. were so really just kind of pathetic. I mean, how there were multiple times when he was like, well, let's adjourn, let's adjourn. Do I have a second? And I think Jim would be like, second. Everyone else just ignored them, and everything kept going. It it was it was not good.
0: In, in fairness to him, that was a tough situation. Did he handle it well? No. He needs to be more firm. Have a better plan. Have have these things figured out ahead of time. If this happens, uh, kind of a. Uh, but hey, one quick question. We have a guest, and I want to bring him up. Robin, a quick question for you of of the of the, the group uh, last night that was maybe the most combative with uh, those you know BLM and beyond because it was the homeless issue as well. And I'm going to ask you to guess, and maybe you just can't. What what number would you think are city residents? Is it 80%? Is it 40%? So
1: so the Saratoga BLM group um, are largely uh, not city residents. Um, But I will say, I think that everyone has a right to speak about public safety in Saratoga Springs. Anyone who visits the town, comes through the town, or lives in the town, absolutely has the right to talk about how they feel about their personal safety and their relationship with our police department while they're here. So while I don't think that it's fair that non-residents um, are able to blow up a public comment period like that and and, and have a meeting canceled like that, I, I, I think that everyone's opinion is valid, especially when it comes to public safety and, and how they experience that in Saratoga um but uh no by and large they are not they are not city residents
0: okay well yeah and and i understand your point i agree with some of it but when it goes to uh that chief of police candidate is no good wait a minute i'm paying taxes you have no say in that i'm sorry if you don't like that person we as the community will as the city residents and through our elected representatives decide those detailed questions
1: i'm really glad you brought that up because one of the things that they've that saratoga BLM has also been really upset about are the three candidates who are up for um, police chief because uh, police chief Shane Crooks is retiring um, this June. And I've been very, very upset about how this has been presented by Saratoga BLM because they have talked about these three candidates as if the police department or the city just arbitrarily selected these three people as the only candidates to become the chief of police. When we have civil service law That we follow we have to follow we have a civil service system that it that dictates who who we can promote and it's based on taking a test and who the three highest scorers are on that test and then we're given a list from civil service of who those three people are and that is the list from which you can promote that's the system in which we work The police department didn't choose that system. The city council didn't choose that system. That's just how our charter and our government operates. And so if people are unhappy with the candidates for chief of police or any promotion that's happening in the fire police department, it's incumbent on them to contact Carissa Salvo who runs our civil service department and talk to her about how we can, you know, get our civil service postings out to a broader audience or how we can work within the system we have to, in their minds, create a better um, group of applicants or so forth. But to blame the police officers or the candidates or the police department or the commissioner of public safety for who's up for chief of police is just bullshit. It's just total bullshit. And the fact that the city council doesn't correct that when they're making these public comments is really unbelievable in my mind, because it gives credibility to what they're saying. And it gives people the impression that these, you know, these are just hand-picked people. And these are the only three people we want as possible candidates for chief of police. And they're not telling people that there's a civil service system. That is how this, that is how this process runs. And I think that's, that is really shitty. And it's a real disservice um, to the candidates. And I also think it's just really deeply, personally Unfair for these candidates to be maligned the way they've been maligned.
0: And one of them was singled out because he was working the night Darrell Mount uh, fell off the scaffolding. Correct. And and, and I feel so that, that is completely unfair. That's wrong. But I'll bet you in a million bucks that they're not going to pick him.
1: Well, listen, yes. Um, yes. There are the three candidates on the civil service list are Bob Gilson, who was the assistant chief and was uh, defunded and demoted to a lieutenant. Uh, by Commissioner Montanino, um Tyler McIntosh, and uh, Paul Veach. Those were the three top scores on that civil service test. And, um, and of course, the Saratoga BLM group has serious issues with all three. Um, and, uh, yes, they did talk about Tyler McIntosh being on duty the night that the Daryl Mount incident happened, and, of course, inferred that he was most likely responsible or, or played some significant part in, in the death of Daryl Mount, when, in fact, we still have no evidence at all that the police played any hand in Daryl Mount's death. It is still being litigated in a court of law. Commissioner Montanino put out his report about this back in February that exonerated the police from having any culpability at all in how Daryl Mount died. Uh, the only assertion com- Commissioner Montanino made was that certain things were covered up after the fact or not handled by the uh, that violated the policy after the fact, yeah, yeah, not, not
0: covered up, but not, not thoroughly investigated. Yes. It, would be my yes. take on it.
1: Yes. So, um, so again, to to say that about a member of our police department, and infer again that someone was responsible for for Daryl's death. It's just, it's just not okay. It's not okay.
2: All right. You guys want to talk about spy um, so, I mean, balloons?
0: We, we
1: have a yeah, guest I mean, that, 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 that,
0: that, so that's been patiently waiting.
1: We do. We have about five minutes left. Years now. That's, Um, All right, let's do a quick let's do a quick toggle. Carrie, can you hear us?
4: Yes, can you hear me?
1: We can, we can. We're gonna do a a hard left turn here. Um,
4: (laughs) Yeah, I guess so.
1: Talking. Oh, hey, I know
4: Carrie. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well, Adam. How are you doing? Good, good. Good to see you.
1: We were just talking about some seriously heavy stuff. Um, I just want I know I've
4: been listening, it's been very interesting. <laughs> you want to weigh in or just jump to Union Ave?
1: Yeah, feel free to weigh in <laughs> if you want.
4: I uh, I think that you guys have covered it pretty well. Yeah, there is
1: some dangerous waters. I would maybe <laughs> well, recommend staying well, out well of Well played,
4: Carrie.
0: Well played. <laughs>
1: um, I guys, I only have about four minutes. Unfortunately, I have an appointment at one. If I drop out though, I want con- you all continue the conversation, but I apologize that I have to have this kind of hard out at one o'clock. But Carrie, you're here to talk about the bike lanes that are being proposed on Union Avenue, correct?
4: Yes. Well I well, wouldn't we well, right? not just bike lanes. It would be, you know, enhancing the avenue.
1: The reimagined.
4: Reimagining. Um, but I think where it's all coming from is that you know the state is putting bike lanes in on their portion of Union Avenue from Henning Road
1: to East Avenue. Oh, I'm pulling um, up one of the renderings while we discuss. Yeah. So, so you-
4: as you can see from this rendering, I, I'm not sure where the this rendering came from, but, you know, there's a lot more going on here than just bike yeah.
0: So,
1: Carrie, you're representing. This is not an official
0: rendering, I, I don't think. Uh, no. about,
1: about but, the- Carrie, I just yeah. wanted to kind of clarify for our audience. You're representing a group who um, has some concern about the plan for uh, reimagining Union Avenue. Is that correct?
4: Yes. We formed a neighborhood group. Um, historic Union Avenue uh, neighborhood Association um, because we we want to seat at the table um, for what's you know going to be done as far enha- as enhancements go because we live along Union Avenue uh, we want to make sure that it you know remains keeps its historic character and that it's made a safer thoroughfare. because right now it's at least you know the, the part of it by my house is, is treated like a racetrack Um, And where's, Carrie, where's that? I I live between Court and um, Nelson. Okay.
1: I I have to fully confess, Carrie, that I am one of those people who, from time to time, has come off the Northway onto Union Avenue. And it's because you've been going so, you know, fast on the Mm Northway, and you kind of get on this straightaway. I have all of a sudden looked at my speedometer and been like, holy, I'm going way too fast here. um, Because that's just kind of how this, you know, it's a really wide road. It's not... Very heavily traveled in the in the off season, and you can you know I, I do catch myself like speeding on there, and so I I can imagine. I think I heard the average speed was almost like forty eight miles an hour some uh, in the off season.
4: Yeah, I mean it looks like you know a drag strip. It opens up especially after Nelson Avenue. It's it's seventy feet wide, you know, and and it's just human nature to and you have a car next to you to just hit the gas and go. There's no obstacles. There's nothing to slow down. So, you know, we'd like to see that changed. However, whatever elements, you know, do that, I think, you know, that's, that's still to be decided and there's different opinions within, you know, our neighborhood group as far as what should be included. But, but the, the, the basic goal is to, you know, enhance the, the historic, you know, nature of the avenue and to make it safer. So, Carrie, the, the group, the group we, you know, we
2: that's that's pushing this uh, uh, reimagined union. We met with them a couple of weeks ago, and they essentially, you know, I think everybody's agreement that right now it's not working, or it could work better. Um, they, you know, propose the bike lanes, you know, it's buffered by the street with a median, uh, shrinking it to one lane with a turning lane in the center. Um, is your group, uh, vehemently against that idea? Do they have, I mean, is there, is there a general idea of what your group likes or doesn't like, uh, or, or would like to see happen?
4: There's, there's different opinions about, you know, what, um, you know, what should and shouldn't happen. Um, I think we need to see what the actual plan is going to be. We need to look at the data. Um, that stuff's going to be uh, presented next Thursday night at a meeting, a workshop with Complete Streets that was rescheduled from tonight, actually. Yes. Um, so as far as you know, reducing the lanes down to basically what you see on this picture here, I think that's going to be looked at with you know what that would do to traffic. Um, If you look at, you know, the traffic counts that we have now, it would seem that that would work just fine. Um, Union Avenue is not as heavily traveled as other single lane um, gateways to the city. So on the face of it, that would work, and that would really slow things down. Um, And then, you know, some people like bike lanes, some people don't like bike lanes. If I
0: could ask, Kerry, there was some... Um, request to slow it down. Your group was formed uh, apparently because of the concern that maybe this was going too fast, and you wanted to think this through better. Could you and you've done that already somewhat, but could you encapsulate in one or two sentences what the concern, why you created the or, the organization, and and what the exact concern is? The concern was born out of you know there were city, um, I think, public works employees
4: that were out there basically measuring to just lay down bike lanes, um, and. Mm. we have a great opportunity here to really do something for the avenue um whether it includes bike lanes or not or lane reduction or not to make it a much better and safer thoroughfare and we want to be part of that
0: that's great there there seems to be some opposition within your group to the bike lanes itself and um is that? Could you touch on that? We've we've had there's been some debate um, in John Kaufman's blog, who actually lives uh, you know one block from Union Avenue. Although he he I don't know that he weighed in, but between uh, Ed Lindner of Bicetoga and uh, Jim um, Martinez, uh, who was an architect, there was some back and forth. Um, it, do, do you care to weigh focus in a little bit on that? Do you give a little more insight into the concerns over the bike lanes? I think that. There's questions about the bike lanes. You know, if you
4: look at, again, this, this rendering here, you have sidewalk and then green space and then bike lane and then green space again. So who maintains the, the bike lane? Um, I think that's a major concern of, of my neighbors is, you know, are, are we responsible for it? I think that's probably a pretty easy question to answer because something, it's not going to be the same as this, but what they've done on Excelsior Avenue is put in a big, wide, two-way bike lane. And I don't know who's responsible for taking care of that—is yeah. the city, is it the residents who, you know, you. Who right away it goes through? I don't know. And then the other part of it is—I'm sorry, go ahead. Robert.
1: No, no, no. I was going to interrupt real quick. I actually think one of the the pitfalls of all of these conversations, whether it's trails, bike lanes, et cetera, is the ongoing maintenance is something that's almost always ignored. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can tell you that the public safety department is responsible for striping and re-striping these things, but in terms of, you know, grass and, and mowing the grass and keeping them just tidy and clean, um, that is, I, I don't have, I'm not sure anyone knows who's responsible
2: yeah. or, or shoveling and plowing even, I mean, Correct. is a is, is homeowner yeah. going to
4: have to shovel to, you know twice as much now or mm-hmm. is the city just going to run a.
1: I also exactly. A...
4: That's, a, that's a question, you know, that I think we'd like to, to understand because the you know, in the now, now you're supposed to maintain your sidewalk even though it's in the cities right away. It's the responsibility of, you know, the resident uh, to maintain that. Um, and, and the other, you know, kind of question is, well, you know, you have already in the city, a couple of bike lanes that were put in that still don't really go anywhere.
1: Lake and Atman. where does this
4: one go? Is it going to continue through Congress Park? Is it going to go on circular? um you know i I understand that you need to start somewhere but it would be good to you know have a plan so we're not like the lake avenue bike lane where it just ends ends
1: i will say it's a bit problematic how you get to the end of union and you if you cross there's no sidewalk on the west side if you're going um if you're going north you know the there's that kind of old um kind of brick kind of disheveled kind of mess on the edge of congress park do you guys know what i'm talking about
4: Oh, yeah, it's closed yeah. in the wintertime yeah. because so the city not- doesn't maintain it. And it's odd that they wouldn't, you know, we want to have this connectivity. You have the complete streets plan and that pretty prominent spot doesn't, a city property doesn't even have a maintained sidewalk on it. I,
1: I also would, I really wish the city would actually address the Lake Avenue bike lanes and and fix that um, before we go on to something else. They They're so incredibly unsafe. Uh, They are not used and they need to be designed differently rather than just one little tiny white stripe that no one can even see and drivers don't even recognize as being indicative of a a bike lane. Um, To me, that doing the Lake Avenue bike lanes and the way that Peter Martin did it really actually like hurt the cause of anyone trying to advocate for bike lanes in the future because they were done so poorly. And so I I think there's something to be said for, you know, reengineering that and doing it correctly before we move on to something else, but that's just my personal little opinion.
4: Yeah, that's an example that we look at, and and, I, and complete streets, this complete streets committee would agree that that was not done very well. And you know, we can talk about how the you know different um, commissioners and their departments don't necessarily coordinate the best on different things.
1: Has has there been one of the concerns I've heard from other members of the community, and I'm not sure if this has been a concern with your group but has been the, um, uh, the, the water management and the, the drainage issues on Union Avenue and how the um, water and storm water would kind of puddle off to the sides of the street um, and how that's gonna be addressed with this, this new plan. Because it sounds like it's something that could potentially be extremely expensive um, because as we know, under every street, under everything in Saratoga Springs, we've got a whole lot of water, right?
4: Yeah, I mean, that's another great question. I mean, again, you look at this rendering here. You're looking at I don't know tens of millions of dollars worth of work to build what we see here um, and improve the infrastructure there. You're not just going to dig up the street and leave old water mains and I mean, all that kind of stuff. I would I would hope, um, but to put porous pavement in in front of you know the section between uh, East and Nelson, you know, might solve that that pooling issue. But again, that's that's a lot of money in engineering and design. And where is all this coming from? You know, where, where's this funding coming from? So I guess the
2: takeaway, Carrie, though it does sound like it's this is not oil and water here. Your your group, the, the, like uh, the the group that's pushing or or pro this change, um, it, the, the, the change is needed, and and this community just wants a seat at the table uh, it, when when designing this to make sure that five ten years from now you're, you're not stuck with something that doesn't work.
4: Absolutely. Yeah. The, again, yeah. there's not any consensus on what elements shouldn't should not be there. Um, from our group, it's that we, you know, we want it to be considered carefully, done right, and you know, and um, you know, and and the historic character of the street maintained.
0: All right. Oh, oh go ahead, Adam. I was just going to wind down.
2: Yeah, yeah I, I was. I was going to wind down too, Kerry. Thank you for coming on. And and Carrie, before we let you go, who do you got in the Super Bowl?
4: <laughs> ah, I'm going with we we'll are going with the Eagles. All right, defense fly, championships. Fly. As much as I hate to say that, as a Giants
0: fan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, hey, thank you, thank you for coming on. I, I, I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. I'm from Buffalo, and you got half our old team there. And you, you guys had a good season. Uh, good for you guys. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, thanks for coming on, Kerry. Yeah, right, my pleasure, guys. Thank you. Okay. Dan, how how about you, Dan?
2: Who, who do you got in the Super Bowl?
0: um you know i'm an afc guy i you know i i i think kansas city is uh, i i don't know that they're going to win because they you know they're the underdog here and and uh i don't know mahomes's health But my hearts with with the afc and, and and you know they're a class act the coach the quarterback uh he, he is terrific when he's at full health uh so i i'd like to see uh i'd, I'd like to see casey pull an upset yeah yeah well you know they're
2: they're I... I was reading somewhere that they're a two-point dog, which is, is incredibly, you know, they're an underdog, but not by much. Yeah. It's going to be a great game. Um, Patrick Mahomes has been there. He's won them. He's lost it. I think his experience comes through. I got Kansas City. Good, good for good. you. Good
0: All for right. You. Cheers and cheers, cheers. Yeah, and cares. yeah I've, I've got uh, I've got a couple if you want me to start off. Go ahead. I'm um, going to allude to this. Um, folks, if you need, you know, one daily newspaper, I, I guess, first of all, I'd say, I'm going to give myself a shameless self-plug, saratogareport.com, Saratoga Report, uh, online. But if you, if you want, if you're a traditional newspaper person, uh, the Daily Gazette is crushing it for Saratoga News. The front page today um, has not just the the article about uh, the Tuesday night's meeting, but the follow-up from that, as well as commentary there um, about Tuesday night's meeting from Andrew Wait um they've in their uh, living section quite a bit here about Chowderfest this weekend which is actually my second uh, um uh cheer uh that we should uh, the weather looks kind of perfect for Chowderfest, fest so I'll I'll segue into that the gazette is doing really good job of reporting saratoga news better than the times union and certainly better than the saratogian but that goes without saying uh segueing into my other cheer chowder chest is the chowder chowder chest chowder fest is this weekend weather looks perfect for us, just cold enough to enjoy chowder not not cold enough to be miserable high of 37 that day uh no precipitation from what i'm seeing uh, so that, that's the kind of chowder fest you know when it's 46 degrees outside it's really not fun to drink uh, ch- eat e chowder and and when it's 15 uh, you don't want to be outside so that's that's perfect weather uh, those are my two cheers. I, I we, we jeered enough this week, <laughs> so I won't have an official jeer.
2: Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll share your cheer with the Daily Gazette. Um, You know, know, I've made my 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 dislike of the Times Union known of of, I think when media pushes political agendas, it all does is polarizes people. I think it's done on a national level to to a a really disservice and a fault to this country. But it's a shame to see it happen on the local level. And I believe the Times Union does do that. The Daily Gazette does a good job of of kind of looking at things impartially and and breaking down what's what's really going on. (laughs) My jeer goes to my. So in, in the city council meeting last night, like, I don't know if you saw this. <laughs> a Skinmore student got up and and kind of wanted to lecture the city council on the uh, the equity the 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 uh, financial equity in Saratoga and the disparities of it. Um, you know, Skinmore College is sixty thousand dollars a year, 68 point or no, pardon me, seventy nine thousand and change a year. So oh. you know, he wanted to. Do, you know, while driving on North Broadway, I saw these big mansions. And Saratoga has homeless. You know, you're driving to your $80,000 a year school. Uh, excuse me, if we don't really take your your accusing us of having privilege accusation too strongly, uh, it's it's a little ridiculous. And and it, you know, I know I, it's the problem I do have with 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 Skinmore and the students is that they 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 are allowed to vote in our elections, and they they they're more involved with activism than they are with the, the betterment of the city. It's a, it's an issue I have. So that's my jeer for the week. Um, besides that, Dan, great show. You know, Nice to have Robin on. Nice yes. to uh, talk about the city council. City council's tonight, and uh, we'll we'll be back next week.
0: Yes, uh, th- thanks, Evan. Folks, don't forget that Union Avenue workshop is a week from tonight, I believe, uh, on the 16th. Uh, so if you're interested in that, it's a workshop. It's not uh, a public comment. There's going to be tables where you can have your input with the people that are uh, involved in this project. I, I meant to add that in, Adam. So th- uh, thanks for uh, closing this out here. Yeah, no problem. We're at exactly one hour. That's our target. Stay charming, Saratoga. Thanks for watching, folks.